So trade deadline is tomorrow in the NHL, and we've talked about this before, Michael. My personal belief is that teams should be moving at the deadline. You should either be buying or selling in most cases. It's not foolproof. There are exceptions to the rule. Young teams that are building, maybe they sort of fall into a different category where you can see you've got the young nucleus, but next year is really going to be your year. Okay, fine. Right. But most teams should either be trying to get better for the present or for the future at the trade deadline. That's why trade deadlines exist, and I think they're, I think it's one of the great things in sports. So in, it, mostly in the NHL and in, and in baseball, I want my team either buying or selling at the deadline almost every year. I either want to be better, make sure you're making, doing everything you can to make a run at a, at, a, at a championship, or understand that you're not going to make it this year or probably the year after, and do what you can to get as many resources for the future so is to get that back there as soon as possible. Is that your way of saying if the Bruins don't make a move – Tomorrow, this time tomorrow, we're talking about no move from the I'll, Boston I'll be Bruins. I'll be really disappointed. I'll be disappointed. Will yeah. it stop them? I mean, the, the, the point is for the Bruins to get back to where they were last year. So will it stop them if they don't make a move right now? If you look at this roster, you just look at it up and down, look at the players, obviously look at the coaching staff too. That's a big part of it. Are they, is, this a, is this a Stanley Cup team? Is this a team that's capable of winning the Cup right now? Can they win it? I say yes. And and forget about the whole is it possible? Of course, you know, any it's possible for an eighth 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 seed to mm-hmm. win it in either conference. Do they have the look of a championship team right now? Michael, I say they do. It's more than possible. I think it would be a lot more likely with another defenseman. Does that make I mean, look, it's possible. They're a good team. They're one of the better teams in the league. They're probably one of the best five or six teams in the NHL. So yeah, they're a contender for the for the for the cup right now. But how much better a contender are they with another defenseman, a defensive shutdown guy for the ends of games? I think they're a whole lot better off and a whole lot more likely to win a Stanley Cup at that point. Let's bring John Bucigras, ESPN into this conversation. He joins us of course via the AT&T hotline and uh you know, it seems like guys are well, you know, we'll start with Michael's question. If the Bruins do nothing, if the Bruins do nothing at the deadline tomorrow, are they a legitimate Stanley Cup contender? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, seventh most points in the league. They can score. They're fifth in goals scored. They're second in goals against. They're third in goal differential. Power play is solid, 21%. Got a good goalie. Um, goal prevention is the most important thing in the NHL since the very, very first lockout. You know, the Hawks are the best last year. Kings, the year before that, were second. Um, you know, going back to the Bruins, they were an amazing goal prevention team uh, when they won their cup third in the league. So, you know, being the second best goal prevention prevention team, that's the best team. And we know their DNA. That's why they got a Love. That's why Marshawn is a great playoff performer. They got guys with an edge, and they got guys that love the battle. And that's a huge thing that you really can't put a metric on why the whole money ball thing doesn't work with hockey. They're trying to make it work. And, and, I, and maybe someone comes up with a metric that really can help define a, a player better than we know it from our normal stats and our eyes. But we haven't found it. And I think that's because of that, that edge that you have to have to play the game. Well, it's funny. The last part there, John, I was just reading a story about the MIT conference and, and Brian Burke uh, a couple of years in a row has been fired up about this topic. This is not about <laughs> metrics. And it's not about analytics and hockey. It's about, it's about eyeballs. It's an eyeball business. But, okay, tell me this. If it's an eyeball business, and I agree with you, John. I think the Bruins, if they don't make a move, they are a championship-caliber uh, team. 
do your eyeballs tell you that whoever comes out of the Eastern Conference is going to have a really, really difficult time beating the Western Conference representative, especially if it's um, like Chicago or L.A.? Yeah, or Anaheim. I mean, man, Getzlaff and Perry are a load. That's a hard deal to deal with. And if the Bruins, you know, I assume they would put Bergeron up against them. But, you know, Getzlaff is huge. Perry is big. And that's just a tough line for anybody to handle. I wouldn't put anything past Patrice Bergeron, but that is a tough matchup for the Bruins centers. You know, they aren't real big, um, but they're smart and they're crafty and, and, and obviously they're playoff tested. So, uh, you know, if it's St. Louis, if it's Anaheim, if it's Chicago, yeah, obviously they're tough matchups. But we saw, you know, how close the Bruins were last year. And again, um, if you, you know, if you get there, you have a shot. And the Bruins, whether it's the Bruins or the Penguins or some, uh, which it should be, you know, 75% chance that I would be one of those two teams in my mind. If somehow someone else sneaks in, I think they'll get dump trucked. But I think if the Penguins or Bruins get there, it'll be a reason why they're there. And they'll put up a good fight with whoever it is. You know, I wouldn't be afraid of the Blues if I were the Bruins. I mean, who's going to score on that team? Um, they wouldn't have to worry about matching up with them. You know, the big one would be Chicago and Anaheim, who have those multiple scoring lines that can throw at you. Um, you know, Chicago can't prevent goals as much as well this year, so we'll see how that how that works out with them. But yeah, those are the two teams that obviously the Bruins would like to get upset early if they're looking way down the line. Yeah, I'd be so with you if Dennis Seidenberg was healthy. Right? And with a healthy Seidenberg, I would agree with everything you guys are saying. Without Seidenberg, I don't think they're the same team. I don't think they went from being a good one to being a bad one, but I, I misjudge the importance uh, of him to this team. I thought he was a really good player. I didn't realize he was as crucial to the core of the team as he is, and I, I'm 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 fully in agreement with the people who believe that they need another stay-at-home defenseman if they're going to go all the way and win another Stanley Cup, and I don't want to see them take on a lot of uh, extra years. I don't, you know, they're going to get Seidenberg back next year. I, I just don't, I don't see a name that fits what they're looking for in terms of a left shot defenseman for one year who can be a stay at home top four guy. Is there a name I'm missing that you think they could go out there and acquire? Well, I think Mazaros is the one guy that kind of I think they look at as, like you said, who can kind of fit that mold. Um, Andre Mazaros. And, you know, like you said, Seidenberg was a plus 20-minute guy a game. Krug is obviously small. His effectiveness is primarily on the power play. You know, obviously, the Barkowski and Hamilton are very young. And so, yeah, they would like to have, you know, that sturdy guy back there who can log 20 to 22 minutes and, uh, you know, be a real good, effective defensive defenseman. And, you know, Mazaros is kind of that guy. He can score a little bit. And, um, you know, he's got good size. He's 6'2", 220. And, um, you know, so he's a guy that uh, I think they can look at and say, this guy has good experience um, in the NHL. He's been around, um, you know, with the Flyers this year. They, they're they in a position to, to move him. You know, he's good experience with Ottawa in the Stanley Cup Finals. Sturdy guy. Didn't miss, you know, a lot of seasons didn't miss any games. So I think he's a guy that they're looking at, 6'2", 220, um, kind of a guy that plugs into their system. Like you said, they probably need a little bit more of that. You know, John, uh, Nathan Horton was available to the Bruins because he was so inconsistent. He was a high draft pick, and, he, and they never felt like he was he, – he lived up to the hype consistently. So he's gone. But he was a great – he was a great postseason player. There's no question about that. Do you think whether, it, it, whether it's a Ginla or someone, someone else, Louis Erickson, do you think they have, have done enough to replace that, that big game – scoring potential, the big game scoring ability uh, that Nathan Horton had last year for him? 
Uh, I think certainly Aginla is close enough. Um, and that's obviously why they got him. He kind of plugs right on that line, right-handed shot, way more confrontational um, than, uh, than Nathan Horton. Aginla wants to fight everybody every game. I was talking to a player every game. He's, you want to go? You want to go? You want to go? He's, every time you see a scrum down there during a Bruins game, that's what Aginla is saying to everybody. Do you want to go? Do you want to go? And that's why, you know, he reminds me of Cam Neely back in the day, just loses his mind in those situations. And that's why he's been so effective. Why he's going to the Hall of Fame. That's why he might get 600 goals and, and, um, but still looking obviously for that cup. So uh, he's the kind of guy that he should be in the Nathan Horton mold. And, um, and that's why they got him. And that's, and that's going to be the plan. He was obviously, you know, primarily signed for the postseason, and and now we're going to find out. Uh, and like you said, Erickson is a wild card. He's not done very much because of the injuries. If they could ever get him going and slotted, I thought he got off to a real slow start. And who knows, he might never find his footing on this team this year or ever. It happens. But um, he is the big wild card in my mind. The other uh, big rumor that's come out recently, we're talking to John Buchigross of ESPN, ESPN.com, uh, and this came from the fourth period which is a uh, hockey blog up in Toronto, saying that the Bruins could be in on Thomas Vanek, a winger for the, for the Islanders, who's had great success against them in the past, both with Buffalo and now with, with the Islanders. Could you see the Bruins finding a way to bring Thomas Vanek here? He'd be a one-and-dunner. Um, obviously, they wouldn't sign him. He's a free agent after this year. He's going to get $7 million bucks a year. You know, he's, a, he's a, just a big-time goal scorer. Um, he you know, didn't have the greatest Olympics. Some people thought he was the biggest dog there. Austria playing basically not to get hurt. Um, a trade of the Islanders, which probably just sucked every bit of ounce of energy out of his soul when he went to the Islanders uh, from Buffalo. But, you know, just amazing hands. This is the guy that, you know, has scored 40 goals in the league before, um, but has kind of settled in in that, you know, mid 20s guy. So why they would get him to plug in, I guess they would possibly drop Erickson down and try to get some more line depth as they prepare to face the Penguins. Plus, they might want to get him just so the Penguins don't get him. Um, but he has performed in the playoffs uh, when he's played. He hasn't played a lot, but he, he kind of measures out to a 30-goal guy in the playoffs, which is good numbers. You like to have guys who, uh, you know, that can produce in the postseason. So I wouldn't put it by the Bruins to, to get him. I don't think he'd be terribly expensive. Um, but they have depth at the defense. The Islanders need defense desperately, and that's where the Bruins organizationally have some strength. You mentioned the Olympics, and I just can't, I can't let it go. I was very disappointed by the bronze medal attempt. You know, the game against, the game against Canada, what are you going to do? It was a, a, a very competitive, uh, closely contested game. But the, the, that game against Finland was just crazy. What do you think? Where do you stand on the NHL, NHL players in the Olympics? Do you like the system as it is? Would you tweak it any, in, in any kind of way, John? Yeah, it's a tough one. Once it's going on, to see people get up at 7 o'clock in the morning and go to bars um, in America and all over the really the North America, you understand, man, this is pretty cool. For us hockey fans who have low self-esteem for the most part because our, most of the media doesn't talk about them on a daily basis, it, it, you feel good for those two weeks. But I understand shutting down your business for 16 days probably doesn't make very much sense, um, especially with the really strange – time change that you have of course uh you know russia next time south korea does it really make sense are you better off having an every two-year Ryder cup kind of world cup in august right before the season starts um is, does that make more sense to bring everybody together right before training camp and really kind of kick off a season and do it that way 
um, the World Cup of the U.S. one uh, way back in the day. I think it was 94. That was very passionate, lots of energy. Have it in America or Canada. Those would be the two places to have, best places to have it because you sell out. There would be a lot of uh, interest. So I go back and forth on it. I still think the Stanley Cup – I still think a player would rather have a Stanley Cup than a gold medal. I think it means more. Daniel Sedin, of all people, said that recently. Um, so I still think the Stanley Cup playoffs are king. Um, but it's kind of cool to have hockey get a focus um, during the two-week Olympic run. Well, good to talk to you. We're definitely going to be in the focus for the next, uh, what, 23-plus hours for the deadline tomorrow. I love how you said hockey uh, Hockey fans have low self-esteem. Remember <laughs> we had this we – had, we had, I don't know if you if you heard, we, there was a big debate between Jack Edwards and Peter Gammons over the whole uh, – Gammons, Gammons had a tweet, and he said hockey is a minor sport, and Jack Edwards went nuts. John, he when I say he went nuts, he went nuts. He went off. He's still going off about it. I think I know what it. Peter meant. Peter likes hockey. I think I know what he meant. He wants hockey to have a bigger stage in the media, and uh, you know, and get attention. So I think I think his intentions were good. But, I was talking about the. Uh, it was the uh, Tortorella. It was the whole Tortorella situation where he, right. where he got the suspension. Long show up there, correct? Yeah, you know, how it takes away. And I think he has a point there. I, I, I would like to see long term what would happen if they did. Yeah, we, nobody wanted to talk about the big point. They only want to talk about the words minor sport. That just set Jack off, and he's uh, he's been right. basically inconsolable. He should be since. the commissioner. <laughs> I, I would I would I would support Jack Edwards as commissioner over Gary Bettman. That would be that would be fun. We would definitely have a passionate commissioner. There's yeah, no doubt would. about it. I don't know how many more teams you'd have in the Sun Belt either. Hey, John, thanks so much. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, boys. All right, there All you right, go. John. There's John Bucci ESPN, ESPN.com. Uh, good guy, great hockey guy. And he brings up the analytics in hockey. And I just, I you know, you mentioned the article. You read the column this morning, Dan Shaughnessy in the Globe. And, like, by the way, I agreed with, like, 99% of what Dan wrote in his column today. He put a ton of good stuff in there. But there's one line I see, and I just I hate these false arguments, this straw man that Dan has built, and we got to address it next. Alkenholic, W E E I.